Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. How you holding up? You okay? I'm worried about you. Been inside for a long time. Frankly, we all have. But let me tell you this. For the next hour or so, we're going to take your mind off your troubles, we hope, with a brand new Ralph Report. Got a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, first of all, it's Wednesday. You know what we do on Wednesdays. We take a look at a smash hit song that was a big hit. And the artist who was never quite able to recapture that kind of glory again with one hit wonders. Also, all the entertainment news, all your phone calls. Got a bunch of new information about those murder hornets. We got information about the COVID-19. This is one of those shows just wall-to-wall jam-packed with stuff. So let's jump right in, shall we? I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Make him feel welcome. He is the one, the only, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie! How was the uh, big hilarious? No, so much fun. No place but here no, comedy the, show. The now club. here comedy club. Yes, the now here comedy club. <laughs> so much fun! And thank everyone for joining in, and we we had over a hundred people in there. Uh, all the VIP tickets were sold. It was such a blast, and the, I never thought I'd sell more than twenty. So I don't have the most fans in the world, but I have the best fans in the world. So. A hundred yeah. virtual people. Yes, showed up. That is something. So I really appreciate everybody who supported me on that. Thank you so much. Was there much. any sexy time in the VIP room? Yeah, it got really heated. Did it? A little nipple action. Did you take your shirt off? I may have. Did you wear your... Uh, you have to pay the VIP ticket to find out. Your goddamn motherfucking <laughs> Eddie Pence. Eddie's sexy girl. Eddie's sexy girl t-shirt. No, it was a blast and I had fun and yeah. everybody was great. And I just, you know, it humbles me every day to think about it. I'm glad so much that uh, people showed up for yeah. you as well. They should. Eddie Pence is very funny. Any chance you get to see Eddie Pence work. I highly recommend oh, it. thank you. As he is here every day on the Ralph Report and also over there at uh, Balls and Strikes. <laughs> it's, now he does. Swings and misses, but now we're swing break because we're on furlough. And then he does the the grumble. The ramble. Over there with that the other guy. The ramble with, with Jerry Freddie Roach. Roach the Jerry guy, Roach. Legendary boxing coach oh, Freddie Roach is <laughs> by his side. Thanks for all the plugs. I appreciate it. I tell you, you gotta keep your hands up. You gotta keep your hands up because if you don't do that, it kind of hit you every time. You gotta make sure they hit you in the jaw. Yeah, it's a great podcast. <laughs> it's really interesting to talk with him it's every my day. my Freddie Roach impression. Not a lot of people out there <laughs> no. doing the Freddie Roach impression. No, they're not. I'll have you know. You got that cornered. I do. All right, let's get to today's show. As I mentioned, it is uh, loaded. So I know you don't want to hear any more about the coronavirus. I don't blame you. But here on The Ralph Report, we try to take a look at maybe stories that aren't being covered by the mainstream media or perhaps take a different angle. And it's just that time right now in a segment we have taken to call Mo Grab Your Dog because when we play the jingle, Mo's dog goes nuts. So, Mo, grab your dog. You think people are taking to the streets now. Yeah. You think they're losing their shit now. Right. 
because they can't get their roots dyed or massages or, or, or massages or buy fertilizer or frozen or yogurt, get a fresh tattoo. <laughs> you think they're angry now? Yeah. Wait till this. Oh, this news gets. What around. are you going to drop on us? Well, sad news. I don't know if you know this or not, but the coronavirus is actually affecting the uh, the fast food chain. Oh no. Yeah. Turns out that there is a bit of a meat shortage here in the United States due to COVID-19, especially in the beef department, mm. because a lot of slaughterhouses and meat packing plants are closing their doors, either because of layoffs or because the government is shutting them down out of a precaution, an attempt to curb the spreading of more right. disease. So that means some people aren't getting their beef. Oh, no. And what happens if you are a, a famous fast food chain? And your whole thing is touting that you don't use frozen beef. All of your patties are freshly made. Fresh, never frozen is the phrase of a certain fast food chain, that chain being Wendy's. Mm. And they are starting to post signs at their locations throughout the United States that they're pulling burgers off of their menu. Oh, my God. So if you go to Wendy's to get something to eat, if that's your destination, and when you get there, you see a big sign it says, oh, yeah, welcome to Wendy's. The one thing we can't serve you is hamburgers. Wow. That's what Wendy serves is hamburgers. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you going to get? Just a Frosty and go home? That's crazy. I have a baked potato. They still have baked potatoes I, at Wendy's? I, that I haven't been to thing. a Wendy's in some time. It's a big thing a long time ago. But uh, can wow. you imagine no. once these militia members find out they can't get their burgers from Wendy's? <laughs> they can't pack their arteries with cholesterol. They're going to be pissed. How can they live without fast food? Oh, my God. We're in trouble. They're going to take to the streets. Well, like, chanting their new chant. Where's the beef? Just a with guns, guns, guns high over their heads. AK-47s. Where's the beef? Just marching the steps wow. of all their capitals. So the inadvertent side effect of this pandemic and the quarantine is we're having cleaner air because yes. of less carbon emissions. Yes, the water uh, is better. And the water's better. And people are going to be healthier because they're eating less red meat. Yes. All those awful, <laughs> all awful those things terrible are happening. things that are happening. And, and... <laughs> And we're fighting it every step of the way. And we're furious. Furious. Upset. Furious at it. That the, the planet is healing itself while we are forced to stay at home and watch Netflix. And, but inadvertently getting healthier because you're not eating as much red meat. Yes. And I love red meat. I'm a huge red meat fan, but I eat too much of it. But there should be everything in moderation, right? right? So maybe you don't need no. the triple patty... <laughs> Wendy Burger, whatever they yes. call their uh, their heart stopper over there at the Wendy's. Baconator thing. The baconator. That's right. We had their breakfast thing, it didn't we? It was good, yeah. though. It yeah. was good. I think it's still sitting in my colon, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> so anyway, Wendy's famously, of course, with their commercial. Where's the beef? Has come to pass. Oh, man. What are you going to do? <laughs> Mo, grab your dog. Guess what, bitch? And from one plague to another, if it's not viruses, it's the giant murder hornets from mm. Japan. I didn't think I'd get a chance to use this jingle again, but I'm very excited. <laughs> the Eddie, I'm glad you brought up the upside of the coronavirus. Oh, okay. Because believe it or not, there is an upside to the Asian giant murder hornet as well. What could that be? I'm glad you asked. It turns out that gourmands in Japan uh -huh. want everyone to know 
that yes, the deadly murder hornet does take out bee populations and can be dangerous to humans and other animals, but Eddie Pence, they also make a crunchy, zesty oh, snack. Oh, come on. Yes. Fuck. Apparently, it's oh. all the rage in Japan to snack on the two-inch-long adult murder hornet insects. You can find them pan-fried in some restaurants. Some are skewered for an on-the-go treat. Ew. So you can just nibble it Ew. off the skewer. No. It is no. A, a, no. a long-valued source of cheap protein in Japan. Well, all insects are. Yes. They're, that's a source of cheap protein. Yes, and they yes. say it's delicious. More than 30 restaurants in Tokyo feature giant hornets on their menu. <sighs> they say, Eddie, it tastes mm. like popcorn. Well, if it's fried, I'm sure it just tastes like fried whatever. People have compared it to popcorn. No, they roast these. They're a popcorny flavor without the butter, says Joseph Yoon, who is the founder of Brooklyn Bugs, which is a restaurant in New York that's trying to get their hands on some of these. <laughs> Depending on how you prepare it, it can have different flavors, Eddie oh, Pence. Okay. For example, if you just take the larva yeah. and then you marinate the Japanese hornet larva mm -hmm. in different submersion fluids, it'll take on the taste. It'll absorb the taste of whatever well, you're yeah, marinating whatever you're it in. Whatever you're making the flavor it and then soak you, in. Then yum, 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 eat up those larvae. <sighs> oh. Oh. If you just want to eat the adults, oh. you can uh, roast them or steam them with rice in a popular entree called Hibo Gohan. <sighs> And fuck is wrong. With now people? they're talking to my people. The drowned corpse of the wasps or uh, hornets, rather, and the venom that they produce are a key ingredient in some types of a distilled liquor of Japan. Jesus Christ! They're selling hornet moonshine for about nineteen dollars a bottle there in <laughs> Tokyo, and one customer says it looks surprising, but it tastes great. So you're you're ingesting murder hornet venom. To get a buzz. Uh, as well as other things as well. It's only it's only one of the ingredients. <laughs> so protein, snacks, <sighs> meals, and booze can be made out of the giant murder hornet. Look, if it eliminates all the murder hornets because people are eating them, I'm all for that. Then let's eat them. I'm not eating one. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Eddie. Oh, God damn. Because we have a source. How do you have a source for murder hornets? <laughs> what do you do all day? Why? Fuck. Why are you doing Actually, this? Actually, I don't. I oh, don't, thank I God. I don't have a source for murder Jesus. hornets. So we, as of yet. Oh. But if you're out there and you have any ties with the Japanese community here in Southern California, <laughs> if you're aware of how we can get our hands on some crispy murder hornet <clears> snacks, <throat> please let us know because uh, I, for one, would be willing to sink my teeth into a murder hornet just as revenge for what the murder hornet does to bees. <laughs> Lop its head off and like eat the body. Bees. I, I, bet the, I bet the head's one of the tastiest <sighs> parts, Eddie. I'll swallow it whole. That's where all the crunch so is. Chew it. It's two Ugh. inches long. You're not Ugh. swallowing it whole. Oh, I can swallow two inches. Trust me. <laughs> How many inches can you swallow? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a motivated you've I been asked before. <laughs> Uh, you're not swallowing it whole. It's it's too pointy and crispy and, Whoa, and crinkly. Stop. Does it have the wings on it still? Oh, and sure. the legs? The wings, that's the best part. <sighs> you gotta bite into it. This is gonna start some other pandemic, because people were eating bats before. Well, I think the bat was raw, wasn't it? Well, you, you gotta cook those bats God or else they're just not it. safe. I don't think the murder hornet's carrying any uh, any viruses. It'll be good to go. That's so, the bees. Look, there's an upside to everything. As you mentioned, the earth is, is healing yes. because of the coronavirus. And now we can have a cheap 
tasty <sighs> source of protein by eating the giant murder God hornets. Damn it. So it's a win-win. It's not. It is. It really isn't. And that's our murder hornet update. Ugh. The murder hornet. The murder hornet. Wouldn't you take a certain amount of pride in telling someone, oh, yeah, I ate one of those murder hornets once. <laughs> no, I would not wear it as a badge of honor. Don't you feel a little proud of yourself that you ate the black egg? Isn't no. that something that you no. can carry with you and say, look at me. I'm I'm an adventurous. Every time the thought pops in my head that I ate it, I go, oh, I immediately regret that. Oh, man. Every single time because I have sense memory of the taste and the feel in my mouth. Well, we'll it's awful. We got some phone calls about uh, about Munchin Monday, as well as many other topics, because folks like to leave their voicemail messages on the Ralph Report hotline. It is one of my favorite things about this show. It's open to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at your disposal to leave your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your feelings. It's there for you all day long. You just got to dial up the magic phone number, one 833 I listen to all your voicemail messages, and then I grab a handful, and we put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. <laughs> That Munchin Monday is was a big hit. Oh, Eddie. I bet. A I lot bet. of people I'm still glad. talking about I'm it. I'm glad. And the upside is it has opened up a, a brand new door into people suggesting what we might want to oh, snack on next. Great. Like this call. Hi, Ralph. Yo-ho, Eddie. Uh, Alex was talking about some other Chinese delicacies, and I thought of my year in Taiwan, and right. delicacies that I had were... Uh, Chicken feet mm. and sneaky tofu. Oh, so yeah. one of those might be nice to have for Munchin Monday. No. You're welcome, Eddie. You're, no. no. Stinky tofu. Stinky tofu. Right there, it's telling you it smells. Why do you eat something that says stinky in the beginning of the work? Like, it doesn't fucking make I'm sense. I'm sure that's not the name in, in Chinese. I'm <sighs> sure that's not what they call it in Well, Hong, somebody in calls Hong it Kong. stinky tofu. Well, that's probably a colloquialism. Like, why would you eat, like, oh, here's a shitty steak. <laughs> Oh, oh, great! Let me have some shitty steak. There are there are foods that have bad names that we all enjoy. What? I can't think of one right, right now. Exactly. But um, <laughs> some awful chicken? No, I'm good. Thanks. Stinky, stinky tofu. Ugh. Sounds better than chicken feet. Yeah, because again, you don't eat that part of the chicken. It's its feet. How hungry do you have to be to eat? Chicken really, feet? that would have to be the only thing left. You would have to be the runt of the litter, and that's the only thing left. It doesn't seem like there's even anything on no, that No, it just foot. seems like you're doing it just to prove a point to somebody. Pig's feet I can understand, because oh. at least there's there's flesh surrounding a pig's oh, foot. God. But I can't think of any meat on a turkey. No, on a it's just foot. fucking little yellow, bumpy... It's got to be just crunchy, right? You just fry it up uh, and then just crunch it down. It's all bone, right? You get one of those uh, talons stuck between your oh. teeth. You got a floss afterwards. Fucking those feet just keep walking around other chicken shit. Have you ever been to a chicken coop? Well, it's just you, full of chicken shit, well, and their feet are just walking around in chicken shit. You'll wash the chicken feet before you cook There's them. There's only so much cold. washing you can do to chicken feet. All right. Stinky tofu it is. Oh, That's what we're going to do. Fuck that. Uh, we also mentioned, I guess it was last week on the show. I don't know. It's all starting to blur together for me now, kids. About, uh, yeah, it was last week because it was Sex University. We were mm -hmm. talking about blowjobs. Yes. The history of and why it was named that. 
And uh, again, we we were being rather cavalier about, about the fact that only guys really like that. No women do. And women keep calling really? in to prove me wrong. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. This is Jamie from Fontana. And I, too, am one of those ladies that enjoys giving the blowjobs. Um, I appreciate the uh, pleasure it gives my partner. So, yeah, I'm one of those as well. Just want to let you know. Love you. Seen it. Bye. <laughs> What's that? Three now? That's three. I guess it's possible. I right. That's a I, pattern now. Three's I, a pattern. I, yeah. Now, now I know that these women are speaking for large groups of women. Right. Out there. I mean, I enjoy giving oral sex to a woman. I I do too. But men are different yeah, animals. That's true. We get off on a lot of weird shit, and women take women care of themselves much better than. <laughs> yes. And th- th- their parts are prettier yes, than ours. So much prettier. So yeah, I'm, it's no it's no comparison between the two. No. But I'm just stunned um, that it's good to know that you know some cliches don't don't hold yes, weight. That very good to that, know. that there's a, you know, and I always know I always knew there were women out there who were willing to gladly do it on behalf of their men. Yes. But the fact that they get enjoyment out of it is the is the is the interesting yeah, part. That's me. the part that turns you on. I always assumed. <laughs> I felt bad. I just assumed they yeah. were they were making the ultimate sacrifice yeah. for me, and I'm like, I, I really appreciative. Yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing right exactly. now. Exactly. But when we made our joke, we said <laughs> that only three groups of people actually like it, and that's men, gay men, and straight men. Right. Turns out that may be a misnomer as well. An old wives' tale. Hey, Ralph. This is Charles, four-star general from Indiana. Uh, you brought up once again that you know. All guys enjoy blowjobs, and that's just simply not true. What? I happen to think they're a giant waste of time, and there's other shit I could be doing than getting my fucking dick sucked. Love you. Mean it. Bye. What? I. I've never. I am thunderstruck. Really am. I. I don't know what they're saying. I don't I, know. <laughs> I never thought that would would be a phone call I would ever get in the history of the Ralph. Wow. Hour. I. I don't. I'm actually speechless. I don't. No. Know. No. 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 Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. I don't know. No. 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 Nope. No. Mm-mm. No. I can't. No. No. I, I just, no. But no. I just. I. I can't wrap my brain around. I can't I don't. either. I can't either. That doesn't make any. We gotta sense stop. To me. We get, this is it. He's the full, show's over. He's show's a, over. I can't go on. He's bullshitting us, right? He's got to be bullshitting I, us. I, I, Why would you not enjoy that? Well, it, I guess it makes sense in the big picture. There's, uh, there's everybody's out there, and there's always somebody who doesn't like something, right? right? Just like there's always somebody who likes something. That's true. So I but suppose there's no pressure on the man. Then there's no pressure to perform. It's nothing. You don't but pleasure. Yes, you don't have to worry about reciprocating pleasure or am I doing a good job? You just lay there. It's the only sex act where you can be completely selfish about the moment. Right. And it's the only sex act for a man where the orgasm is taken from you. You're not and you're not like participating in the orgasm the woman is literally pulling the orgasm out of you yeah that's amazing to that maybe charles just hasn't met the right lady yet I maybe guess. maybe that's what it is maybe we got to hook him up with the girl jamie oh, jamie yeah. the first caller one of them jamie, one of them. jamie and charles have to get together and <laughs> you didn't offer up dawn make some magic no dawn that's a keeper she's not going anywhere <laughs> um speaking of penises and i know there's a lot of penis talk at the top of the show and we, we'll get past it after this <laughs> <laughs> but we're still getting over the fact, uh, and I forget his name now because I largely blocked it out of my mind about the guy who has a kid thought that spanking the monkey was 
a, a literal <laughs> term for masturbation and he beat on his penis for 20 minutes until he, he said, well, that doesn't feel good. I'm going to stop. Why did he think the spanking part was real, but the monkey part wasn't real? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> a question, Eddie, that we can ask again. Hey, Ralph. I hate to admit this, but I also thought that spank the monkey was a literal thing. Mm. So my high school boyfriend, the first time I ever tried to give him a hand job, uh. I slapped his penis oh. around. Oh, um, and he was very confused. Yeah, oh, I bet very adamant asking me to stop doing that so yeah, yeah that was pretty dumb i guess yeah, yes yeah. you were yeah yeah I, I can see him being confused and adamant <laughs> to, and agitated hey hey stop it stop that <laughs> what you're doing i i will i will pull this car around oh. i will turn this car around right what now young lady I don't understand why spanking is taken literal, but there's no monkey involved. Why are you taking both parts of it literally? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Although by the sound of her voice, she strikes me as a woman who learned. Oh, I think she has a good handle on it now. Who who got the information. (laughs) Pun intended. And and adjusted her behavior appropriately. (laughs) And lastly, oh, this call really makes me uh, sad and angry at myself and nervous. And I don't know what we're going to do. Hey, Ralph, my hubby and I just finished listening to the, today's show. Happy Cinco de Mayo. But I noticed we did not praise Shizmu. Are we going to be in trouble tomorrow? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. You know, part of our daily affirmation here on the Ralph Report is that we do give praise to the Lord God Shizmu, mm-hmm. ancient Egyptian god of wine and slaughter. Yeah. And apparently yesterday we neglected We just breezed right so. over that. Yeah. <laughs> and my fear is if we have angered Shizmu, We're in trouble. the repercussions could be life-altering. Oh, man. So let me do a see if I can do a quick just repair job here if I can, uh, guys. Oh, she's moo. We adore you in your magnificent half lioness, half manness. Please forgive us for neglecting to give you the praise that is rightfully yours because it is right to praise you for all things. We beg you, Lord God Shizmu, don't put our head into wine presses and crush our skulls and drink our blood as wine because we think you are bitchin' in so many ways and we dig you the most. Please have mercy on us, your faithful Shizmoonians. All praise Shizmu. He's a really good dude with a great mane. All hail Shizmu. It is right to give him thanks and praise. All right. I hope that worked. Me too. We'll have to wait and see. Thanks to everybody who called in. You, too, can be featured on the segment, but you know what you got to do. You got to call me. All righty, now it's time to take a look in the rearview mirror. What happened on May 6th, this day in history? 
Rock's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history What's today, by the way, Star Wars boy? Is it anything? Is well, it, uh... you could go Revenge of the Six, which makes more sense than Revenge of the Six. I thought Fifth. yesterday was Revenge of the Six. It Fifth. is, but some people say, well, I mean, you brought it up. Well, I know. Revenge of the Six makes more sense, but. Is it the Sixth Awakens? <laughs> we could do that. I'm all for that. Rogue Six? Just make <laughs> shit up now. Just do whatever you want. Whatever keeps uh, you Star your Wars. your shirt on. Oh, I have my Star Wars shirt on. Yeah, right I know. I celebrate every day. Oh, God. Every day Star Wars Day. All right. In real life. On May 6th in history, in the year 878, the legendary Battle of Eddington, where Alfred the Great, King of the Anglo-Saxons and King of Wessex, and his West Saxon army defeated the Viking army that was led by Guthrum the Old. Well, of course they beat Guthrum the Old. He's old. That had to be a bloody, awful battle. No, I bet it was very civilized, Eddie. They probably got together and they talked out their differences. Do you think <laughs> Vikings and old Saxon armies have to be the most gory battle? It's just battle axes. Oh, it's just body parts flying and off. Spears. Oh, oh, Shizmu was pleased on that day. That's probably one of those battles where more people died from the injuries after the battle oh, than the yeah. actual battle itself. Yeah, because they're rolling around in shit and stuff, and they're getting septus oh, and dysentery unreal. and all what kinds an of things. Awful and, time to be and alive. They're gaping wounds, Ugh. festering. Pussy. Pussy wounds. Smelling like stinky tofu. Probably. That's probably what it looks like, too. An open wound. (laughs) On this day in 1626, Dutch colonist Peter Minuit organized the purchase of Manhattan from the Native Americans for 60 guilders worth of goods. Unreal. Believed to be around $24 American. And it was apparently (laughs) the Canarsie Indians of the uh, Lenape who were... Foolish enough to make that deal. Okay, how would you like to be the Canarsie Indian who returns back to the tribe with that news? <laughs> like, what the? Hold on. You sold Manhattan for what? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we would have taken it eventually. Anyway, sure. Because that's America. They're lucky they got anything. Right. We should have split, exactly. split some scalps and walked with it the way we usually do. All right. On this day in 1835, James Gordon Bennett Sr. published the first issue of the New York Herald, long-running newspaper, the New York Herald. Mm -hmm. Price, one cent to buy the first issue of the New York Herald. Just for 15 cents a day, you can listen to this show. 15 New York Heralds. We got to raise our prices. That's uh, 1835 (laughs) money right there, 15 cents a day. In uh, 1837, U.S. blacksmith created the first steel plow in Grand Detour, Illinois. Hmm. That blacksmith, by the way, his name, John Deere. Ooh. Started the whole thing right there. Made a, made a, uh, a, a plow out of steel, which you know why that's better, right? Because it doesn't rust. Exactly. So when you get it all uh, moist and going, ground, going yeah. through your, your fields, It'll last. it doesn't rust out on you. It's yeah. long-lasting. Smart man, that John Deere. 1851, Dr. John Gorey patented his refrigeration machine. Hmm. He was the first man to build a refrigerator. 1851 also, Linus Yale patented his Yale lock. It had the uh, pin tumbler system in there, so you could use one of those funky keys and turn the pins and make a lock. It's another useful invention. Full of inventions, Eddie Pence. I I always say. Right. 
Also invented on this day in 1860 was the San Francisco Olympic Club, the first U.S. athletic club for men. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I only like working out with men. Athletic guys. <laughs> I bet there was some bathing going on, too. I never understood the point San Francisco. of a men's club. I never mm-hmm. have ever understood it. Well, you don't go to the right men's club. I guess clubs, I don't. I, guess. I really don't. Sometimes you can make a lot of friends at a men's club, <laughs> a Eddie of, Pence. A lot of don't tell what happened. A lot of man. A lot of secrets at the men's club. A lot of male bonding can go on at the San Francisco Olympic Club. On 1889, on this day, the Exposition Universelle hmm. opened in Paris. That's World's Fair for uh, you and me, right, Eddie Pence. Right, right, right. Uh, with which, of course, the recently completed Eiffel Tower hmm. served as the entrance arch to that World's Fair. And many French at the time said, oh, look at that Eiffel Tower. It is disgusting with its ugliness. I hate it so much. I, I wish it were not here. In Paris or Paris. Paris. So it was hated. It huh? was hated by many wow. Parisians at the time. And of course, over the years. Now it's a symbol of Paris. A beloved landmark. Exactly. 1896. Samuel Pierpont Langley. That's a name for you. Hello there. I'm Samuel Pierpont Langley. I've got an invention I think you're going to like. <laughs> I have an unpiloted aircraft that I'm going to launch via catapult from the Potomac River. So you're just throwing something in the air. That's what it's not an did. aircraft. It is. The number five, he called it. <laughs> it was an aircraft that used a catapult launch from uh-huh. a boat on the Potomac River, and it traveled three quarters of a mile. It's just a strong catapult. That's all it's that is. ten miles further than any previous heavier-than-air flying machine. Ten times further. Oh, not ten miles further, because it only went three quarters of a mile. Did I say ten miles? Yes. Ten times ten further. Ten times further. Three quarters of a mile was the furthest distance that a heavier-than-air flying machine had ever no, gone. No, he just built an aerodynamic boulder that flew from the catapult. Boulder dash, sir. I'm Samuel Pierpont Langley, and I tell you that my flying machine is gifted. It's the <laughs> dynamics from the wings and the tail that make it travel such oh. great distances. Trust me, sir. One day, <laughs> this invention will change the way man travels, or else my name's not Samuel Pierpont Langley. <laughs> I hope I'm you'll sure. come see my new one-man show. <laughs> Langley, exclamation point. History of the flying craft? Yeah. What if you put a dude in that catapult? He would die! And just pulled the handle. How far would a man fly through the air? Probably a mile, and then he would tumble would to the ground. That's the, fat, that's the furthest a man has ever flown through the air before. It's like Superman. Can we talk to him? Nope. Nope. He's he sh- dead. He shan't be heard from again. <laughs> 1914, the British House of Lords rejected the idea of women's suffrage. That doesn't mean they wanted women to suffer. That means that they did want to give them the right to vote. Right. Yeah. Because they're not people. Oh, my goodness. No. 1929, the New York to San Francisco foot race began, Eddie Pence. (laughs) Two people racing from New York to San Francisco on feet. Stupid. That is dumb. That falls into the category. Just, just, just. You want to race, fine, but no one's racing across the United States. That was States. a battle run where they're trying, they're fi- physically fighting on the way across. Then yeah, I'd, wa- I'd watch cool. that. Yeah, with battle axes like yes, the Vikings like the had. Vikings and the Saxons. Uh, 1937. This is a pretty big day in history. On this day, May 6th, in Lakehurst, New Jersey, in 1937. Does any of that ring a bell to you? Lakehurst, New Jersey. Lakehurst, New Jersey. Yeah. The uh, German airship, the Hindenburg, was coming in to oh, land. Oh, okay. And, of course, famously, as it was coming in, it burst into flames because they were filling those things with hydrogen back in the day. Quite flammable. May not have been the best choice. 
killed 35 of the 97 people on board, one person on the ground. If you ever see the footage from this thing, it goes up like a tinder. It's horrific looking. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest days in radio as well. Because on that day, Herb Morrison, a reporter for the Chicago radio station WLS, was on hand live describing the landing of the Hindenburg. It was pretty big news. And it is his account of that event that pretty much colors everyone's memories. When they think of the Hindenburg, they think of him talking about it. Here is the actual audio of Herb Morrison describing what he saw. You'll hear at the beginning, he's just talking about the landing and how quickly things change. A back motor to the ship are just holding it, uh, just enough to keep it from... The first time to flash. Get it started, get it started. It's right, and it's rising. It's rising terrible. Oh, my, get out of the way, please. It's burning, bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast, and all the folks between us, this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's just a plenty. Oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky, and it, it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the flames rising to the ground, not quite to the morning mass. Oh, the humanity and all the fans are just feeding around it. I told you, I can't even talk to people. The fans are out there. It's a, it's, it's a, oh. I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, it's just laying down massive smoking wreckage. And everybody can't hardly breathe and talk and screaming. Lady, I, I'm sorry. And I love women who have no boobs. What? Wow. How inappropriate wow. at that moment for him to make that confession. That should have been his last broadcast. That really should have. I don't care how good a reporter he was. Unreal. That's out of line. <laughs> 1941 on this day, Bob Hope performed his first USO show, which he would do throughout every war from the World War II all the way through to yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Did he do any in the, in the first Gulf War in the 90s? I think he did literally every military operation yeah. that there was Desert going Storm between 1941 Desert. and his death. 1954, Roger Bannister of the UK became the first person to run a four-minute mile. Wow. Three Jesus. minutes, 59 seconds, and four-tenths of a second at nope. Hifley Road in Oxford. Nope. He should have been racing across the country. That yeah. Way we could have used his kicked speed. ass. 1957, the last episode of an iconic sitcom aired on CBS television featuring a crazy redhead and her Latin band leader husband. Lasse, we're not doing any more shows. Because you keep getting upset all the cheating I'm doing on you with many other women. I believe is the final that, episode. That, that's how it ended? They did not end well, that marriage. <laughs> 1966, on this date, the Rolling Stones released a single that would become one of their best-known songs. On this day in 1987, Gary Hart denied an affair with a model named Donna Rice, but that affair destroyed his political career. One-time presidential frontrunner Gary Hart was derailed by his affair with the model Donna Rice. Crazy how we've lowered the bar. It is. We've buried the bar. That's 1987. That wasn't that long ago. No, we've buried the bar. And now there's nothing that you can do. (laughs) My Myrtle Beach shirt is older. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And and how much, how Gary, if he's still around, if Gary's still with us, how he must look at the political landscape right now and say, are you shitting me? There's no bar. 
There's no bar. The president raw dogged a porn star and then paid her off to with not his, talk about with it. With his wife at home with a newborn. And that guy gets a pass? Yeah. I just boned a model. Yeah, that's how broken the system is. Yeah. 1996, speaking of broken, the body of former CIA director William Colby was found washed up on a riverbank in southern Maryland eight days after he disappeared. They said director Colby went on a solo canoe ride. Hmm. They found the canoe. Days later, they found his body. I'm sure that's what happened. Seems clean. I'm sure it was just a canoe ride. Seems all up and up. Gone wrong. And on this day in 2002, entrepreneur Elon Musk founded SpaceX. SpaceX. Now Tom Cruise is going to shoot a movie using SpaceX. Have you seen this? No. Cruise has plans to go up in an Elon Musk spacecraft and shoot an actual film in space. Oh, is this the end of Tom Cruise? I don't know. Wow. Why has he got to be that guy? I don't just know. Just go to, just stop jumping off of planes and swinging from buildings. Go to a green screen like everyone no. else and just, that's how we're, that's how you'll make He's space. He's got to keep going for it. He wants to meet Xenu. That's why he wants to go up there. <laughs> that's and probably it. Find out some more secrets of Scientology. Give it a while. Elon Musk might think he's Xenu in a little bit. Elon Musk is losing his mind. Oh, absolutely going crazy. He's he's selling off all of his stuff. He says he doesn't want even a house to live nope, in. No possessions. He just had his first child. Well, not his first child. This is like his sixth or seventh child. But his, with his latest girlfriend, a singer from Canada named Grimes, yeah. they had a child and they asked him, what's the name of the child? And he said... XAA-12 Musk. Jesus. Is the name of the child. I assume he was kidding, but who You knows? can't tell with him. No. He's a loon. All right. On this part of the show, what we'd like to do is take a look at a food-related day in history. Then we run that food past Eddie Pence. It's something he might want to eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out of his ass <clears throat> like a chicken foot. Oh, that I would take a while. Pull a chicken foot out of your ass. <laughs> I need some help. I talk about the food, we run it past Eddie, and if he is uh, willing to eat it, well, we find that out by pulling the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine handle. If three of those items come up on the reels, jackpot, big winners, everyone rejoices. However, if they're mismatched, no jackpot, sadness, mm. tears, mm. depression, anal leakage, <laughs> hair loss, possibly fungi. All bad things. All right, let's talk about today's food. 1929, on this day, the famous Paris restaurant. Oh, another Parisian story. La Tour d'Argent mm. served its 100,000th signature dish. Mm. You'll be interested to know, Eddie Pence, they served their one millionth of that same Who's dish. Who's keeping count of a dish? Well, here's why. When you order this dish, yeah? you get a certificate that has the serial number of the food that you're eating to keep as a souvenir. But who thinks of doing that for the first, like, 10 dishes that go out? Oh, here's number 10. It's so unique, and it was so high-end, and was considered such a delicacy that they would register it every no. time they sold so one. So it's disgusting. It's Whatever not you're about disgusting. to describe is disgusting. It is the Canaton, Canaton Tour d'Argent is mm -hmm. what they say in French. Here we know it as pressed duck. Pressed duck, Eddie Pence. Okay. The restaurant was founded in 1582, and they introduced the signature dish in 1890, and that's when they started numbering each duck that they served. Here's how you make pressed duck, Eddie Pence. First, you take a duck. Then you asphyxiate it so it retains the blood. You don't Are chop you the head off. Are you kidding me? Well, you'll find out in a minute. Then the duck is partially roasted. Its liver is removed and ground and seasoned into fagua, and then the breasts and the legs are removed. But then the remaining carcass, Eddie, including the other meat, bones, and skin, is put into a specially designed press, similar to a wine press, 
and then pressure is applied to extract the duck blood and the other juices from the carcass. (laughs) (laughs) Then that extract, they call it, is thickened and flavored with the duck's liver and butter and cognac, and then it's combined with the duck breast to finish the cooking. That's the first course. Then the second course, the legs are grilled and served as the second course. So it's a two-course meal. (laughs) Flipper feet? Are served? Well, the leg, not just the foot, oh, the whole they, leg uh, of the duck. You know, like a chicken leg. Oh, There's a lot of meat on the, the leg of a are duck. Are they keeping the flippers? I think that gets crushed in the press. I don't <gasps> think you're going to see that. You probably get some <sighs> flipper juice coming <sighs> out there with the rest of it with the pressed duck. This is a meal that Shizmu would love, by the way, oh. because the technique <laughs> is similar to putting a duck in a wine press and getting all the juicy goodness oh. out of the duck, and you use that to flavor the dish. Mm. Mm-mm. Pressed duck or caneton le tour d'argent, as it's called. Is in that French. French for strangled duck? No, it's not. Is that something Eddie Pants would eat? What do you think, boys and girls? Should we even bother to pull the handle? Oh, why not? Here we go. Got one duck, two ducks. Oh, what a surprise. And I duck. actually like duck Me meat. Me too. I love duck. I like duck meat. But you turn when they're when they're, they're asphyxiating the duck, that just turns me off. Oh, instead of chopping its head off, that's okay. Well, that's for quick. You. Maybe asphyxiation is quick. How <laughs> how is asphyxiation quick? They put it in a in a vacuum room and they just hit the button and it sucks, it all, the sucks all the air out. It's gonna panic for at no, least twenty the seconds. Duck, duck gets drowsy. It doesn't get drowsy. That's not how strangulation works. That's how it works. The duck gets drowsy Mm. and he takes a nap. No. And then he goes, "Mm." How many people have you strangled? Mm. Starts to snore and then boom, lights out. They Mm. say when you asphyxiate, it's actually a very, uh, it's like you get high. It's like a a freeing experience. You go into a sense of bliss. But up until that point, there's hands around your neck strangling you and you're freaking out because you can't breathe. You don't know that's how they do it, first of all. Right. Maybe they put them in the freezer like uh, Aaron. Aaron's hamster, and he just, just hibernates. Go, just goes to sleep. He just goes to sleep. I don't think it's asphyxiation. So you don't you don't know what kind of thing they use. All right. The only thing we're oh, sure of is that I goes just imagine into the duck little plastic bag over its head. That's all I'm picturing. Somebody's hey, just here. a little hey, plastic duck, bag over. That's come here. We're gonna we're gonna make you made man. Why don't you just, walk into this walk into this room first for me? Gets a gets a belt yeah. turn around its neck, a little sandwich bag over its head, and that's yeah. how they're doing it. Yeah, don't like it. It's it's supposedly one of the most delicious things you'd ever want to eat. Eddie Pence. I like Pressed duck. duck. Pressed duck. I like With duck. All the but, juicy goodness. Mm, mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the process is turning me on. Well, don't see how the sausage is made. They always say, <sighs> just enjoy the eating. <sighs> What a surprise. Eddie Pence not going for the no. press duck today. Oh, well, maybe tomorrow. That was this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today. 
so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call The Showbiz Beat. Well, this seems like a good idea. Shanghai Disneyland, that's right, the Disneyland in China, yeah. has announced they're going to reopen on May 11th. What? Eddie yes. That's not good. Open up those gates. Let the kids in to Shanghai Disneyland. What could possibly go wrong? Enjoy the black eggs. Walt Disney CEO Bob Chapek said that the company sees encouraging signs in returning to normalcy in China, and their plan is to move forward and reopen Shanghai Disneyland on May 11th. Now they're going to have some 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 measures in place like Eddie, what? to make everybody nice and safe. Okay. There will be strict social distancing measures. How? Okay? They're going to say, "Hey, <laughs> put, spread put, apart. Put a little room between you and Mickey." All right. Plus, all the masks have to wear. Uh, excuse me. All the guests and employees have to wear masks. There will be random temperature checks throughout the park. There will be contact tracing if you uh, if you prove to be infected. And other early detection systems will be in place. But if you if you register a fever, you've already got it and are already contagious and have already spread it. Mm, I don't know. That's, if that's how it works. I don't know if you understand science. <laughs> the fever is not the first thing that happens. I think. Oh my god! I think the magic of Disney <laughs> is going to protect these people. Tinkerbell is going to save everybody. Exactly. So. Um, wow. Good times. Ugh. They're going to try to um, you know put some space in between people. And they say if this works, this could be uh, this could be what they're calling limited visibility uh -huh. into potentially reopening the other parks, resorts, and even the Disney Cruise Line. And so, if it doesn't work, well, small price to pay for being at the happiest place on earth. I Jesus say, man. where would you rather go? God, if you gotta go, I guess go there. If you gotta catch COVID nineteen, I'm gonna get it. I'd rather get it there. I'd like to have it while I'm munching on a churro, riding it's a small world. <laughs> That's how I want to go out. <laughs> what are they thinking? I don't know. What's We're, happening? I, I, I mean, this... What I mean, far side cartoon have I walked into that is now my life? The upside of the pandemic is that Earth is healing and maybe some people are getting healthier. But the, the downside of realizing how stupid half the population truly, truly is. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because Joe Exotic's back in the news. Uh. He and his uh, legal team... They have bought themselves a big bus, and they have wrapped that bus with a request for the president to pardon Joe Exotic. Come on, yes. man. The bus says, vote Trump, and then it says, pardon Joe Exotic, and they're going to be driving it around. She's uh, Fort Worth, Texas is where they're starring, starting, I think, and then they're going to be uh, driving around all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to try to get the president's attention and see if he would pardon Joe Exotic from his 22-year sentence for trying to kill Carol Baskin and some tigers and shit. Oh, my God. And why not? Let's it's, just do it. Let If we're going to just <laughs> be done as a society... I guess go all the way with let's it. Let's do all the crazy-ass shit oh. that everyone wants us to do. And just let's just wallow in it. Fuck, let's just become the animals that we are. Fuck Joe Exotic and fuck everybody in the Tiger King. They're all awful people. They are indeed. They, I'm sure they've all done many things They're that, that would require multiple prison terms for everyone involved. No, none of them deserve to be looked up to or admired or... Ah, fuck. But they got a bus, and it uh, says, pardon Joe Exotic. Fuck him. Vote Trump. Fuck him, too. Jim Gaffigan. Don't fuck him. I love Jim Gaffigan. He just got a role as uh, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford in a limited series that's going to be in development at AMC. That's great <laughs> that's casting. That's going to be amazing. That is great <laughs> casting. 
It is written by Jesse McCone, McCune, sorry, McCune, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, anyway, he's worked on The Sinner and Letterkenny, a very funny uh, a Canadian show called Letterkenny. And so they're going to document Ford's rise and fall in politics, beginning with his tenure as a member of the Toronto City Council, all the way through him getting busted for smoking a crack pipe while being the mayor of Toronto in his uh, one term as mayor. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's great casting, and it's a story that I would absolutely watch. Yeah, I would like to see a, a story about D.C. Mayor Marion Barry. That's another good one. I mean, he smoked crack, got called with a hooker, and got reelected. Right, exactly. Lost his job in disgrace, then came back <laughs> got and re-elected. got re-elected. Short memories I of mean, the electorate amazing. Of, the, of the United States. That's Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. For it's right grand. There. And, you know, I love a good collectible story. It looks like Julian's Auctions has announced that they're selling off some of Prince's stuff, including a 1984 Blue Cloud custom-made guitar for Prince Damn. that he played in his prime period just after Purple Rain. Also available, a purple suit, a pendant, and a pair of boots from Prince. If you have an action figure that you would like to dress as Prince, <laughs> I was gonna say it was all gonna fit in his shoe box. He is not a not a big guy. Also up for auction, uh, Paul McCartney's handwritten lyrics for the song "Maxwell's Silver Hammer" from the Beatles' 1969 Abbey Road record will also be up for auction, and it's expected to draw between two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand dollars for that handwritten wow lyrics. People have money. That's a shitty song, too. Yeah. I wouldn't pay that much for a shitty song. I'd pay for, like, a good one. I don't even think I'd pay that much for a good song if I had just that much expendable income. Yeah. I got uh, I got a guy who reached out. You know, my um, Collector's Call edition yeah. aired again over the weekend. Yeah. And I got a reach out from a guy, another high-end collector. Not that I'm high-end. He's, he's a high-end collector. Reached out to me, and he's starting to liquidate some of his stuff. Oh, really? And he may, he said, uh, I've got a screen-used uh, Batman and Robin Batarangs here. Oh, that's kind of cool. If you're interested. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It's more than kind of cool. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't have the love for it you do. It's kind of cool. It's the Batarang and the Robin Rang. <laughs> he's like, would you be interested? And I was like, yes, I would be interested. Oh, and so he said, "All right, I'm going to send you some pictures and everything, and then we'll talk about." Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to look, look at, at the you. pictures. I'm yeah, looking at the whatever. pictures. Whatever. No, it's on its way. I'm just looking at the pictures uh-huh. because he has not given me a price yet, and I can only Ooh. imagine Ooh. what he's going to be asking Ooh. for that. Yeah. And uh, these are these are not the times to be buying frivol- frivolous, yeah, little things for my Batman collection. But it would be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. And speaking of people who were crazy fans about crazy things, as we mentioned, Star Wars Day was on Monday. Didn't turn out great for everybody. Why? Well, they're in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. They've got the Coco Vanilla Galactic Cantina, Mm. which is a bar there. And there was a young lady out front dressed as a stormtrooper to try to bring folks in to celebrate Star Wars Day by having a a meal or something. Okay, okay. And um, turns out one passerby got freaked out because the stormtrooper, Eddie, yeah, was carrying a blaster. Oh, uh, you mean a, an E-11 blaster? Yeah, an E-11 blaster. <laughs> it's not a real gun. No, it isn't. But it didn't <laughs> stop that person from calling the Lethbridge, Alberta police saying there's some crazy person with a gun in the street. You have to show up Come right away. on. Well, they showed up, and when they saw the E-11 blaster <laughs> hanging by her Sorry, side. I know. I didn't know Batarang and Robin Rang. It's not called a Robin Rang. Well, it's, whatever. He, he throws Batarangs, too. It's just smaller. The Batman's got a bigger one than Robin. <laughs> that sucks he has a small one. 
Um, so they showed up, guns drawn. Oh. Shouting at the stormtrooper to, imme- to immediately drop her weapon, which she did. But then they ordered her to get on the ground. Come on. <laughs> this isn't funny, but because of the armor, she couldn't get on the ground. Yeah. So they rushed her, tackled her, shoved her face into the ground, gave her a nosebleed, cuffed her. And then once they realized what was going on and that she was no threat, what? they cut her loose without charging her. I'm sure she stood there with her hands up saying, I'm just a stormtrooper. It's set to stun. Everyone relax. I don't think so. Maybe she hit her head on the doorway when she was coming out of the restaurant. <laughs> um, she is pissed, but the cops say they were just doing their job, responding to reports of someone with a fire ar- firearm. Okay. That's what they're supposed to do. But then you get there and you assess the situation. You see someone dressed in a stormtrooper outfit, maybe you think, okay, this might be a cosplay situation more than a mass murder situation. Right, and he wasn't holding it going pew, 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 pew. He threw it down to the, or she threw it down to the ground. Yeah. And the stormtrooper said, we're all fine here. (laughs) Thanks. How are you? (laughs) All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on May 6th. My old pal, Adrian Palicki. From the Orville, of course, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's 37 years old today. She is... As kind as she is beautiful. She is such a sweet, sweet That's good lady. to know. Yes. She was very nice to me in my one episode where I played that creature and I couldn't <laughs> see anything. And you freaked the and fuck I, out. Well, no, that was the second episode. <laughs> First episode, I didn't know what I was in for, so I was able to white-knuckle my way through oh. a day of shooting. But I had to go downstairs. Oh, really? Yes. In that costume? And I've got no vision, no hearing, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Just the sound of screaming sound of swirling servos in my head as I'm wearing this piece. And with every shot, she would very slyly put her hand on my back and guide me down the stairs oh, so nice. I wouldn't fall on my ass. That's nice. Yeah, I, I, she was so kind. I'll never forget that act of kindness to someone who was literally panic-stricken inside this <laughs> thing. And I'm just trying to hold it together long enough <laughs> to scream, rip this off, at the end of the day of shooting. But she's very kind. Singer Bob Seeger, 75 years old today. Seeger. I love Seeger. In those Hollywood nights, in those Hollywood hills, she was looking so right in her diamonds and frills. All those big city nights, in those high rolling hills, above all the lights, she had all the Nobody rocks anymore. I don't know. How do people rock? It's all electronic and synthesized. Bob Seger rocks. Yeah. And as a young lad in Philadelphia, I would listen to that song and I'd say, well, that's how it's going to be. I'm going to move to Los Angeles. It's Hollywood nights. And I'm going to be driving <laughs> a convertible with a smoking hot blonde next to me. And we're just going to be driving the windy roads of, of Mulholland, looking out over the city from the Hollywood Hills. And that's going to be my Did life. that happen? Not once <laughs> did that happen. Bob Seger's a lying son of a bitch. Bob Seger's full of shit, man. He is. Host Tom Bergeron from Dancing with the Stars. He is 65 years old today. Singer John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. Well, I love them. 60 years old today. Don't, don't, don't let's start. This is the worst part. To believe for all the world that you are my precious little girl. But don't, don't, don't let's start. I've got a weak heart and I don't get around how you get around. I always thought they and uh, 
the uh, bare naked ladies and the violent femmes. They should all get into an arena and just do like a quirk off. <laughs> just like who could be more quirky? I almost got arrested uh, at a uh, They Might Be Giants concert. First concert I ever went to in high school, 930 Club in DC, the old 930 Club. They were playing. My buddy had a uh, fake ID. He went and got a tequila sunrise. Oh boy. And he comes over to me, and I'm not even paying attention. I'm just watching him. He's like, hey, take a sip of this. And I'm just I look over, it looks like orange juice, so I just take a sip. <gasps> Next thing I know, we both get tapped on the shoulder, <laughs> taken to the back room, and yeah. they're like they're like going like trying to scare the shit. Because we're 17 or 16. Right, right. And they're trying to scare the absolute shit out of us. Well, they should have, because you're a lawbreaker. <laughs> That's why. And I don't drink. And drinking I almost got arrested for alcohol drinking. alcohol as a teenager? How dare I, you? I, got, I sipped and I was like, oh, what is that? And next thing I know, I'm in the back room and it feels like the, the scene in Casino where they drink. <laughs> I mean, it was literally trying to scare the shit out of us. You're lucky they didn't call the cops. They were going, they had the phone up, like dialing. And it was they like, were. they were, yeah. Yeah. They're like, if you take your pants off, though, we won't call the cops. <laughs> That's usually how that story ends. <laughs> I have no comment. Actress Julianne Phillips. At one time, Mrs. Bruce Springsteen, 60 years old today. Singer-bassist Tony Scalzo of Fastball. He's 56. Actor George Clooney, the Cloon Dog, as I call him when we hang out. He is 59 <laughs> years old today. Guitarist Mark Bryan of Hootie and the Blowfish is 53 years old. Actress Gabourey Sidibe from Precious is 37 years old. Guitarist Chris Shiflett of Foo Fighters is 49. It sounds like For those of you still asking, am I ever going to interview Dave Grohl? He has told me since, yes, yet again, that's going to happen. <laughs> so who knows? We'll see. Meanwhile, that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. All that great music in the Celebrity Birthdays made me so glad it's Wednesday. Because on Wednesdays, we take a listen to another great song. Sadly, it's from an artist who was not quite able to recapture that kind of success again. But still, at least they got this. They're one hit. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's song comes from 1983. The band is a band called Freezes with a Z, three E's and a Z. They were an English electronic music group, initially known as one of the UK's main jazz funk bands of the early 1980s. And they had their biggest hit in 1983. It was a top five hit in many countries around the world. A song written and produced by a guy named Arthur Baker. And it was sung, lead vocals by John Roca, uh, remixed by Jellybean Benitez, who's a legendary producer, and uh, Arthur Baker as well. I had no idea when I heard this song, and I've heard this song 
hell, since 1983. I had no idea that this was sung by two pale, frail, white English guys. <laughs> Never guessed in a million years. Anyway, Mike called in. He thought it would be a good time to listen to this song. Hey, Ralph, this is Mike from Chantilly, Virginia, uh, a member of the Garmy recently, uh, and I think believe the hometown of, Ed, of Eddie Pence. Yes, it is. Um, first, want to start off the call with uh, my wife is from Northeast Philadelphia. And she's currently a PT and <laughs> dealing face-to-face in the, the daily issues oh, with the man. COVID, um, with patients, et cetera. So I want to give her some public love for all the hard work she's doing, uh, having to go and help people out in their time of need um, during this. But as many people are, I'm home um, because of my job issues and homeschooling our children mm. and decided that wanted to sing to my kindergartner to help her learn her ABCs song from the 80s that I thought would be great for one hit wonder, A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. Um, so just thought that would be kind of timely considering all this is going on. So hope you guys are doing well and stay safe, uh, LMB. Thank you so much for the call, Mike. The song is actually called I-O-U, although many people call it A-E-I-O-U and sometimes why, because that's basically the lyric inside of it. The song was an international hit for free, scored number two in the UK charts in 1983, and then it reached the top of the Billboard dance charts here in the United States, the only success they had here in America. It was number three in Australia, number two at the uh, Dutch top 40 in Ireland, number five, South Africa, it was third, Sweden, it was 12, the uh, Swiss put it at number five on the charts. And it was also here in the States at number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Black Singles, because I think many black people, like myself, thought it was black women singing it, <laughs> not two frail, pasty, white English guys. Again, the song's called I.O.U. by Freeze. Here is today's One Hit Wonder. is that song it's two pasty white dudes yes really yes shocking one of them holding a keytar <laughs> remember the 80s <laughs> yeah. keytar around his neck do you remember that oh, dance remember. song that was everywhere I, that I, song. it's familiar i don't oh. remember because you, well, you're, you're younger you weren't out there shaking your no, groove thing like i was no. in 1983 that song was everywhere every club you went to every dance always was playing that song and I, for the life of me, until today, I thought it was a couple of black chicks singing that song. <laughs> That's what it sounds it like. It sure does. 
Another reason, uh, it's called IOU, by the way, that song, and it's not A-E-I-O-U and sometimes why, is because the lyrics actually go A-E-I-O-U, I sometimes cry or I sometimes lie. Oh. So they're using the sometimes why as sort of a, uh, a jumping off point for right. the lyric, but it's not the actual huh. lyric. Another reason for the confusion is because there was another song in 1983 called A-E-I-O-U, Sometimes Why, that was a, another dance, that, and even more so a modern rock hit. It was played on a lot of college radio stations by a band called Eben Ozen. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Eben Ozen or not. They no. were also a synth-pop duo out of New York City, however. They were American-grown. That song is awful. <laughs> So I'm going to play a little bit for you right now. Here's the actual A-E-I-O-U, sometimes Y from 1983, not to be confused with I-O-U from 1983. God. Yeah, that was a song. That's terrible. That existed. Oh, my God. The only thing of note, really, about that song is the first commercial single ever to be released that rec- was recorded entirely on a computer. Sounds like it. it. Sure does. Sounds like someone got out their Commodore oh, 64 and uh, put that one together. That's terrible. That's awful. IOU is so much better. IOU also next year was used in the breakdance movie Beat Street. So oh, Beat seen, Street. King of the Beat. If you've ever yeah. seen Beat Street, you've heard that song as well. Mike, an that's excellent where I from. call. A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes Y, also known as I-O-U by Freeze, who are once again two scrawny, <laughs> pasty white dudes. <laughs> Go figure. And that is today's One Hit Wonder. It's a One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. It is indeed. Thank you so much, boys and girls, for hanging out with us today. Come on back tomorrow on Thursdays. We'd like to fling open the doors of that esteemed Institute of Learning Ralph Sex University, and we have a little conversation about human sexuality. Also, Steve Ashton will be stopping by tomorrow to give Yay. us a little UK update. We've got all your phone calls as well, more entertainment news, and just more good-natured ribbing between Eddie Pence and myself. <laughs> Did that guy say your hometown is Chantilly, Chantilly Virginia? Virginia? Yeah, our, our fight song when we scored touchdowns on the football team, they would play Chantilly Lace. I, I... I didn't want to puke the whole show. Come on, right Chantilly. Now. Oh, I'm pretty familiar. Yeah. That was, that was great after you scored a touchdown. Was it? The whole school band playing that? Did, did uh, Fonzie come out on his yes. motorcycle and then. He jumped a shark. It was amazing. Would he hit, would he hit the jukebox? And we had a bonfire. Oh. Had a big bonfire. I was in charge of building the bonfire my senior year. I, I, are you mistaking this with uh, therapy again? No. Where you just get to tell your stories about <laughs> bonfires and things that. <laughs> mean little to anyone other than yourself no, it was a great time All chantilly right. i love chantilly well coming back tomorrow and get more tales of chantilly virginia right here on the ralph report uh, i want you to do a couple things for me before i leave okay i want you first of all stay the fuck at home i want you to wash your hands and i want you to beware the murder hornet the murder hornet the murder hornet because i love you i mean it bye <laughs>